Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you find yourself in legal trouble, you're going to want the best result possible in your case. Hiring the Garza Law Firm ensures that you will get the best result possible. That's because Marcos and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You can give them a call at 865-540-8300 or look them up online at GarzaLaw.com. You can chat with a representative there. 24-7, 366, that's right, it's a leap year, 366. We appreciate Marcos Garza and his team for their support. Remember, before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team. Let's get to today's episode. Donda Plowman whips it out. Tennessee loses to South Carolina. Then we hit some Patriot questions. Let's go. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Wednesday, January 31st, the final day of January. Seth joins me down in Alabama. Hello, Seth. How are you, my friend? Pretty good, John. How are you doing today? Doing okay. Back's a little sore. I don't know if I pulled something or what, but other than that, I got no complaints. Other than I'm just constantly tired now all the time since I go to sleep at midnight 30 and wake up at 530. Kind of catch it up to me a little bit, but I'm here. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to talk to you. Where do you want to start? Tennessee versus the NCAA or us getting dicked down by the Cox? Well, I don't really think there's much to say about the NCAA because I don't think anything will happen. I might be simplifying it a lot, but they had Will Wade nailed. Like, you could not have, you could not have Will Wade any more nailed and they they fumbled it because they they fell for the defense that when Will Wade was on an FBI wiretap saying we gave a strong ass offer his defense was that he meant job offer and it worked and Will Wade got off and he's now coaching well he didn't need it did he get all the way off because I mean he did, he did become toxic enough where he's having to coach at where like McNeese State yeah for one year I mean he's gonna he's gonna get another job I mean He's, you know, like nothing happened to – somebody's going to hire him, right? It might be Ole Miss if Chris Beard leaves. You know, I mean, somebody big is going to hire him soon. He simply wins too much. So, I just don't think – like the courts – this has already been decided. What, like, you know, the Tennessee Attorney General has filed suit. But what's 
going to take place in the court of law has already been decided. It, the courts have already decide, have already sided with the players over and over and over again. It's why you can transfer as many times as you want. I mean, you cannot stop free enterprise. The business of America is business. Rightly or wrongly, good or bad, that's what the business of America is. And college football business is booming. It's the second most it's the second most popular sport in the biggest country in the world. It is worth billions. The NCAA, which is just, you know, totally emasculated compared to how it used to be. You can't do anything to stop that. I mean, it's done. It's over. Like I agree with Brent Hubbs. Like the fact that Donde Plowman issued that blistering rebuttal means that they feel good about it. Yeah, she wanted to further emasculate them. She wanted to embarrass them and flex the muscle and say, like, yeah, we're one of the ten biggest athletic departments in the country. You should have tried this against Tulane. We got a lot of money. I don't know if you saw the $220 million price tag that we brought in or, I guess, receipt that we brought in of all the money last year. We're rolling in cash. We can pay lawyers. We have more money to pay lawyers than you do. Yeah, it's... Like, it's just, I don't even understand. Obviously, this is a last gasp because this isn't just tied to Tennessee. I mean, Florida State's been in trouble. Florida's gotten hit with this. It's the last gasp. But the thing is that, like, it's over. It's done. The The court of law has decided that business will win. And it's that simple. So, I mean... Now, granted, I have not been online much today, but from what a little I have been on, has it even been talked about nearly as much as I mean? I guess it was this morning when the Tennessee AG actually filed suit. I guess when the when the business day opened, but this will be forgotten about by Friday. You still had your national media members talking about it. A lot of them on the side of Tennessee, saying that you know they're fighting for college football, they're fighting for other schools, and then you had your Pat Forty saying that Tennessee was picking on the poor NCAA. And Dan Walken was doing his thing where he's kind of reversed course and said that Tennessee is basically admitting that they were doing what the NCAA is accusing them of and doesn't understand why Tennessee's mad that they're being well, what accused is, of okay, this. Okay, so, so what are they accusing us of, Dan? What, what, what is so bad of what they're accusing us of? Basically that we got Nico because of the inducement and that the, the collective was behaving for the university. Which is hysterical. He's the number one overall player in the country. He could go literally anywhere. And anywhere was going to give him money. I'm not arguing that money didn't play a factor. But him and his dad were taking unofficial visits on coach on public airlines to watch us play Vanderbilt that first year. They love Joey Halsley. He could have gone anywhere and played. He could have certainly gone to a much better program than Tennessee was at the time. This idea that they only got him because of money is ridiculous. This is not the Quinshawn Judkins recruitment out of the transfer portal. This is not the Tyler Barron recruitment out of the transfer portal. It's not like that in in high school all the time. Like high school, you still have to have great relations. You still have to work your ass off to get them. That's not why, I mean, it's just, I saw Dan Wolken talking shit, which, by the way, 
is it's the least surprising thing ever. A Vanderbilt graduate that wrote for the Memphis Commercial Appeal, he goes to bed thinking of Tennessee and he wakes up thinking about them. He doesn't even try to hide it. He hates Tennessee. He hates its fans. He thinks that they're all just dumb hillbillies. He despises UT. It's, it's such a... It's sad that he gets away with it is what makes me mad. Is that, you you know... I remember when he was so mad at UT fans over the Anthony Jordan referee situation and making fun of us and saying we were crazy. Well, it turns out, guess what? We were right. Anthony Jordan was a damn LSU fan, and it cost Tennessee an SEC title. I knew a guy in college that hated Dan Wolken so bad, he tracked down his entire family on Facebook. <laughs> and did what? Just to know. He just he just wanted to know. <laughs> it's like Fat Joe and 50 Cent, they had a beef, and 50 Cent did a thing where he uh, basically had somebody make a video at Fat Joe's, like, mom's work, and just, like, released that to the internet, just, like, letting him know, like, hey, we know where your mom works, which is kind of fucked up, but, you know, similar vibes there. I can send your brother and sister and aunt and uncle mean messages on Facebook if I have to. I can find embarrassing pictures of you if I have to, Dan. Did he poke them? I, no, I don't think he did anything. He's actually a very well-adjusted individual. He's a very well-adjusted young man. I don't know if you can call him that well-adjusted if he was doing that. Maybe he is now, but at the time, there was at yeah. least he was a little bit off. He loved the Vols a little too much, maybe. Yeah. We've all been a little too vault up. We all go a little mad sometimes, like Billy Loomis once said in Scream when I mean, he was I quoting ruined. somebody from from uh, from Psycho. We all yeah. go a little mad sometimes, Seth. I ruined my sister's birthday party in October over Joe Milton. It happens, guys. It happens. The key is to not let it happen very often. To uh, you know, to to learn and to grow. Yeah, the NCAA, I don't think, is going to do anything on the morning show. This morning, we had a NIL expert on, a lawyer that handles it out of New York, and he was basically like, yeah, nothing nothing is going to happen to Tennessee. The only thing that he would be even remotely worried about is that if it if like it sours Tennessee's relationship with Spire, and you see some pushback there, but I don't even think that's a, a, a concern, really. I mean, they work pretty hand-in-glove. Right, and like they seem to be standing by each other here. It's not like Tennessee is going to back off of that I wouldn't think it's just okay here is what I here is pretty much the final thing I have to say on the topic this is not 10 years ago when when the inmates were running the asylum Tennessee has three true professionals in charge you have Boyd the consummate businessman you have Donde Plowman the rare academic who loves athletics and you have a true assassin as athletic director they all work together because they all three want to see athletics succeed. They're in perfect synergy. They're all professionals that are very good at their jobs. And Nico was the first real, true, high-profile NIL in the country. And the idea that these true professionals didn't have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted is just, it's kind of, it's hard to believe. It's just hard to believe that it and it doesn't come out for two years 
they haven't even given a notice of allegations, and you have Donde releasing this blistering. I just think if you follow what Andy Staples says, you know, you'll end up doing pretty well. I mean, he's typically right about things. And I think people are just tired of the NCAA. I mean... To me, what the NCAA said and those allegations and Pat Forty's bitch ass, like, those aren't the story. To me, the story is just Tennessee's response and Plowman basically saying, eat shit. The NCAA is just not capable of handling state governments getting weaponized. Well, it wasn't even just state governments, right? I mean, it was the damn Supreme Court that that yeah. really, yeah. you know, got this ball rolling. It wasn't just state governments. They can't win anything in court. They can't win uh, lawsuits. They can't win in the court of public opinion. They really have nothing at this point. The only hope they have is that they could scare schools. And obviously, Tennessee's statement said they're not scared. Which no school should have ever been scared of the NCAA after Auburn and Cam Newton. That should have been like the final wake-up call when Auburn like lets him walk off the bus and play. That um, you can just pretty much do whatever you want. See, I think it's just it's the last it's the last dying gasps of a regime that probably ought to have been killed a long time ago. There will be some school that bends the knee, much like that Japanese soldier that was found 20 years later hiding, that doesn't hear that, hey, the regime is dead, that still gets scared, that still hides. Yeah, there's like, you think now everyone has realized the emperor has no clothes. but Somebody, somebody will, will still fall for it. Yeah, somebody will fall for it. Just not any of the powerful schools that make a lot of money, that move the needle. Damn sure not a school that's led by the three-headed monster of Randy Boyd, Dr. Danny, and Donda Plowman. She's looking, she's, she's, she's a pretty woman. She's a pretty woman. America's college sports city ain't taking that shit laying down. No, they're not. We changed the way we handle coaches in college sports, and now we're going to handle, we're going to change the way that we handle the NCAA as a school, which is kind of cool, kind of like it. I'm glad we have leadership that said that. And, you know, like the the things she put in bold in her statement were pretty, pretty poignant and basically, you know, laying out, hey, eat shit NCAA, you're you're, you're dishonest, you don't have any facts. You don't communicate. You don't cooperate or collaborate with your institutions. We couldn't get in touch with you. Six months ago, you were saying we were the best you ever had. And now you're accusing us of not being worth shit and being terrible. After you just praised us six months ago and said we're the the model institution. Now you're going to act like we're just some big cheaters. No, 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 no. Get your story straight, NCAA. So for something you didn't have anything to say about, we spent 13 minutes on it. What what did you think about Tennessee losing to South Carolina last night? I didn't get to watch. I was working. You didn't miss anything. 
Are there any questions you may have? Can I fill you in on what the hell, on what the hell happened? It sounds like we missed a lot of layups. Missed a lot of layups. Missed a lot of free throws. Missed a lot of threes. I don't know if the numbers bear them out accurately accurately enough, but we missed a lot of rebounds and loose balls, it seemed like, too. I guess to me the most – what is disappointing is that we let them dictate style of play, I assume, because the score was low and they like to grind it out. You know, it, it seems that way, but honestly, like it wasn't something that you really noticed watching because okay. Okay. it got fast and hectic, hectic at times, but Tennessee just didn't make any shots. Okay. So – you know, Tennessee is not as good as their very best game. They're not as bad as their very worst game. But it is tough. That is a tough pill to swallow, man. Like, they are clearly head and shoulders above every single team in this conference. And there's a really good chance they don't win the regular season conference title. There's a part of me that agrees. But there's also a part of me that's like, hey, if we lose at Rupp on Saturday, you could make the case that we should be 4-4 four and four in conference because we probably should have lost that Georgia game. Yeah. I do think our best is better than anybody in the conference. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I could say that we are head and shoulders better than everybody on any given night. It's just it's so random that it happened at home. Yeah, and that was the frustrating part. It was from the very get-go. Like, Tennessee, the very first play, had a pick-and-roll for Adu, and he missed a layup, and then he was dog-shit the whole night. Why is he not dunking the ball? I don't know. I don't know. He, he was terrible last night. I, everyone was terrible last night. Connect scored 31, and I wouldn't say he was terrible, but, man, like, he was 0 for 5 in the second half uh, until the three-minute mark. A lot of his points, I won't call them garbage time because you were still in the game, but... He went on a flurry late in the game to keep you, like, somewhat close. But for 17 minutes in the second half, he was 0 for 5 by my count. Yeah. And just looked lethargic and looked tired. Looked like he was overwhelmed by having to do everything because he got no help from nobody. Except Santi had, like, a nice little spurt to start the second half where he scored five straight, but that was it. I mean, would you even start Josiah Jordan James at this point? The crazy thing is, man, I was looking at those, you know, the Evan Miriaka's player rankings, and he's still a top, like, 10-ish defender and was getting credit for being, like, a top 20 or 30 offensive player, too, just from, like, you know, a metric standpoint, obviously not as a scorer or whatever. It's what I've said for years. I mean, he's just Draymond Green. The problem is whenever you need him to score or you lose, you look at the box score and he doesn't have any points. Yeah, the issue is not even that you need him to score. The issue is that you need six to eight points. I even, I'll, I'll, I'll say, and what I've been saying on the radio, 7 to 10 a.m. every day, fan run radio, just give me 16 points from Bescovy and James combined. Yes. That's it. They could be 12 I, and 4. Give me 12 thought, and 4. Give me 8 and 8. Whatever the fuck you need it to be, 16 and 0. I don't care. But those two guys have to combine for 16 points. I thought Santi was awesome against Vanderbilt. I thought he had a great game, and just overall, thought he had a great game. I mean, this is Josiah Jordan James' least amount of points he's averaged in, in, in his career. And this is the most minutes per game he's averaged in his career. Like, I just, the, the play against Vandy where he had the open dunk and he kicked it out immediately. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not only did he kick it out, he kicked it out to Adu at the top of the key, behind the three-point line. 
It's one thing if you're kicking out to a shooter and giving them a wide-open look. It's another when you're passing out to a big man with no intention of shooting that shot. Like, how many years on this podcast have, have I talked about, like, him just discovering that he can drive the basketball? It's been years. I'm not even asking for that. That's, way, that's never happening. I'm asking for, for six to eight points a game. They don't, I, if you just get six to eight points a game. I don't get it. Like, I would, I just wish Meshack would start. Well, I, I damn sure want Meshack to get over 15 minutes a game. For sure. I damn sure want him to get more minutes than that. And, like, you know, I don't, I don't even think that yesterday, last night, it had to be at the expense of Josiah. Like, Zakai was giving you absolutely nothing. And you needed to change something up. You, you, Like I said, you were kind of getting beat to loose balls. They were tougher than you. A little bit of more size, I think, would have been okay. Mayshack playing 15 minutes, to me, was kind of inexcusable. Last yeah, he needs night. to play more than that. He needs to play more than that. But, yeah, I mean, everyone was just kind of shitty. I, I don't know if you chalk it up as one of those games. I, I personally do not because it was at home. And I think that just adds a hue to it that is not present in these other games where you just, like North Carolina lost at Georgia Tech the other night. It just happens on the road in conference play. It just happens. I think I can excuse one bad game at home, but like it does raise the stakes for Saturday. Like, I don't want to say Saturday is a must win, but like if you lose two in a row, the SEC championship is gone. The chance for a one seed is gone. Maybe even a chance for a two seed is going to be hard at that point. I won't say it's gone, but the one seed will be. It doesn't even, like, it also just kills the vibes, which is the most annoying thing to me. Like, I was so excited for Saturday night. Like, I worked, like, I, like, I, losing last night never even entered my mind. I was, I, I was so excited for Saturday night after the Vandy game. And it just kills the vibes, which is, to me, it's not as big a deal as the seed, is the seed and the conversation, but but man, it sucks. The vibes like, are important, want, Seth. You don't have to defend the vibes. We the vibes are important, and there are a lot of people in this fan base that are either waiting for this team to lose, or you know, or, or, or every time Tennessee does lose, says, "Look, see, told you, same old team, same old Rick Barnes," and the vibes get ruined. Well, I had this whole long spill that I was going to say about after. After how after how fun Saturday night was, and beating Vandy like that, and just you know, the team is just so much fun. Like they're they're all so likable, the way that they have kind of coalesced around Dalton Connect, and you know like how good Santi played Saturday, like how good Adu played, and all the stuff. And it's just ruined, man. South Carolina, give me a break. That is disgusting. When was the last time we lost to them in basketball? I don't know when the last time was, but I know that we were 9-1 in our last 10 and had won 10 straight as a favorites, according to Stats by Will. It doesn't even matter the coach. Like, 
from the time that like I from Pearl till now, we have just beaten their brains in in basketball. Disgusting. It's very disappointing to me. It's very, very disappointing. Just very, very disappointing. Very, very disgusting and disappointing. It never really set in that we were going to lose that game until the South Carolina player hit the three to go up six with a minute left. I, I kept thinking, surely they're going to come back and steal this like the Georgia game. They're going to turn it on. They're going to turn it on. Connect's hot. Okay. We couldn't get a stop. Couldn't get a rebound if we did get a stop. And just no one, no one helped. With that being said, beat Kentucky. Yeah, just beat Kentucky. If you beat Kentucky, the week is still a win. In my opinion. Maybe yeah, that's wrong. It's so, it's so hard to win there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just beating Kentucky on the road and getting that big-time win, to me, more than makes up for the loss, and I would still consider this week a win. Yeah, that's fair. Just disappointing. It's just... Very disappointing. Any other thoughts on it? No. That's all I've got. Just beat Kentucky, and then everything's cool. The thing that's going to drive me crazy is Rick Barnes' rotations. And, like, Ganey, I know he's been playing better, but you could tell last night wasn't one of those nights. He got 23 minutes of cardio out there. He shouldn't be playing eight more minutes than Meshack. I'm sorry. Especially if he's not scoring points. Mm-hmm. I understand that maybe Tennessee wanted somebody that could score points out there, but like I said, if that's the case, you, you can't have Ganey getting 25 minutes and Zakai playing in the you know low 30s and neither one of those guys hitting a field goal. I'm sorry. When it comes to insurance... You want someone you can trust. Look, you trust me with your time. You listen to me to laugh, to think, or so that I can make you mad with something I've said. Look, trust the person that I trust when it comes to insurance. John Runyon with Farm Bureau. John is a longtime friend of mine, since junior high actually, and has been my insurance agent the last four or five years. He will be honest, fair, and maybe most importantly, communicate with you in a timely manner. When I had a rock go through my windshield and needed to make a claim, the process was quick and easy. I had a check mailed to me almost instantly. To see what he can do for you when it comes to home, auto, or life insurance, contact him via phone at 865-982-2559, or you can shoot him an email to get the ball rolling at john, J-O-H-N dot runyon, R-U-N-Y-A-N at F-B-I-T-N dot com. That's 865-982-2559 or john dot runyon at FBITN.com. John Runyon with Farm Bureau. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Got a uh, new $5 patron. Shout out to Charlie Niehaus. Shout out to Brother Charlie. We love you and appreciate you. Hope I said that last name correctly. Uh, Trip Hiller upped his pledge from 2 to $5. Shout out to Brother Trip. We love you and appreciate you. And... Out of guilt, which maybe makes me feel guilty now, Brother Jonathan Toy has upped his pledge from $10 to $20. Do we have a better patron than Jonathan Toy? 
If he exists, I don't know it. When you say better, but, what do you mean? Because we I got some good patrons. Of, I'm sure in terms of the type of person, the wholesomeness. Toy's top if five. I, he's top if five. I, oh, I'm, not, I'm not putting him as my number one. No offense to him if he's listening. I'm sure he is. But he's, he's not my number one. Or he might be, but he's just – I'm not going to say that. He's just in my top five. He would do anything for anybody. Well, that's true, but there's some other good people in the Discord who would do anything for anybody. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking about them right now. I'm thinking about Brother Toy, who I love dearly. And well, I'm I am thinking about the other friend. people, too. That's why I'm just saying he's a great guy. Love him. Top five. He had the stomach bug. He was like, Seth, he texted me. He said, Seth, I just didn't want to be out in public with a messed up stomach. And I'm like, buddy, listen, there's nothing worse than having the stomach virus. I think he took it to heart that, that we seemed mad in the Discord that you know not, not everyone that RSVP'd for the Top Golf outing showed up. Which is bad form. It's bad form. Now, Toy did let us know, you know, like 10 minutes before, as did a couple others. But it's okay. Forgive and forget. I still love him. I still love everybody. But, yeah, I mean, it is kind of rude to RSVP and not show up. But that's fine. No big deal. I, mean, I love sure the patrons. He, I love everybody. It's fine. I'm sure Dash was, like, you know, chasing after some girl with whom it will definitely work out. So, that's cool, too. That's cool, too. Well, he RSVP'd for two people. So, he mm. double-fucked me. <laughs> not only did he say he was coming, he said plus one. So, it was a double-fucking. Mm. But it's okay. It's okay. Let's get to some patron questions, please. Brother Marwan, a.k.a. Wheezy, asks, this is a good question. Do you think you are top 1% among all humans in any sport? He, that is top, in the top 81 million. 81 million people on Earth. Well, I mean, that's the point. Yeah, the point. Like, we gotta be better than eighty-one million people, or only be worse than only be worse than eighty-one million people. Is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. No, t- top one percent. Like, right, know. right. So, like, we yeah. only eight, like eighty-one million people can be better than us. Yes. We have to be like right there in that top eighty-one yes. million. Yes. Basketball, no. Football, no. I mean. Well, first of all, I would take me over in the top 81 million of, like, bar trivia. Not really a sport. Um, pickleball, you know, is the only sport I actively play. I would probably say I would be in the top 81 million there. Because I don't even know if 81 million people play it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sexually pleasing a woman, I'd put myself in the top 81 million there. But, again, not a sport. Uh, chess. Do you think there are 81 million people better at chess than me? I played a lot of hours of chess during COVID. How many people do you think play chess around the world? I do not know. That's a good question. I'm having a hard time grasping how many people play these sports across the world. I bet a lot of people played in, like, Russia and Ukraine and stuff. Like, is it feasible that would be a top 81 million basketball player just because I'm American and have size and still somewhat physically fit? Like, obviously, you know, I'm not good at basketball. So, but I'm just wondering how many people play. Like, how many people do I have to be better than to be in the top 1% or top 0.1%, whatever the hell he's talking about, whatever the question 605 is. to 700 million people play chess worldwide. Okay, yeah, I'm probably not going to be in the top 81 million then. Although I did have a positive number on my little chess score. You know, I was over 1,000 
you get points for playing. Or you get points for you get you add points for winning, lose points for losing. You start with a thousand. So like to log as many games as I did, like it, I think I went on maybe on a losing streak when I quit, but like for a while I was like at like a thousand forty, a thousand eighty. I had a I had a winning record. I don't know. What about you? I don't know. I, it would have to be an obscure sport, I think. I just just how many people play basketball or whatever? The key here is if you were a decently good high school football player, you're in. Because it's only played in one country. That's a good point. That's a good point. And a lot of people don't play it. So I could catch the ball. I could throw the ball. That's got to give me a good chance. At this point, like, there's a lot of people older than me that probably can't move around very well. I can still get out there and move around a bit. You know, that to me would be the the uh, if you if you were a decently good high school football player because it's only played in one country. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there can't be more than 81 million people playing pickleball either, so I, I would yeah, take my I chances agree. there. I agree with that too. What about rollerblading? How many people do you think rollerblade? Like inline skating. (laughs) I used to spend a lot of my nights at the skating rink, Seth. I took roller skating lessons too when I was a kid. No, I'm talking about when I was like 28. And then it was like, you're a little too old to be here now. It started getting weird. You just like to rollerblade? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, see like the problem of going to the skating rink when you're 28 is that they still do like the... The, the trains where, you know, you're pulling each other and you're riding, you know, there's like seven of you in a line. Then you all of a sudden you're looking around and you're you're training with the high school girl and some high school boys. You're like, okay, I got to gotta cut it out. You know, you're trying to do the limbo out at center center court. What's the, what's the issue? I got pretty good at going under the limbo. You know, you just – really the key is you stick your left leg out and just kind of tuck and, you know, go under. But again, you get out there and there's you, you realize there's a lot of high schoolers and middle schoolers out there and the parents don't really like it. So I just kind of felt weird. Did you I have known you for 10 years, John. Longer um, than that. Longer than that. Did you did you This is when you were 28? Did you go by yourself or did you go with like Well, me and my ex would go sometimes, but I went a lot by myself. It was, it was kind of exercise. But I mean, a lot of times it was just kind of myself. I was just, I would go like Friday or Tuesday for dollar day and do like, you know, like the 6 p.m. shift a little bit. Get out there and just get a sweat. Okay. Help me lose some weight. Yeah. It's kind of like being on the elliptical, if you think about it, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Except they play music and like you can get some pizza. Yeah. Play some arcade games if you want to. It's Brother not weird. Mason. It's not. It's not as weird as people are thinking it is. It's, it's normal. It's just exercise. If I'd have been at the park, you wouldn't have thought anything about it. I'm not saying a word. Well, no, you kind of did. You're like, wait, 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 wait. You went. To the I just never room? heard this. I'd never heard this. I mean, I knew you liked to bowl, which I mean, that's fine. That's I'm cool. definitely not in the top that. 81 million of bowling. Definitely you know, not there. Although I, I was think- on, I was on like a four month real slump, and I couldn't. I was barely breaking a hundred. Like I was, it was a good game if I was getting like one ten. I finally broke out of that in my last game and got back up to like one fifty, and I was like, okay, here's some progress. But no, I'm, I'm definitely not in the top one percent there. But I would take my rollerblading skills up against eighty one million people's for sure. Again, just considers if you consider that a sport. 
Brother Mason says he just wants to say that he loves us both. I love you, Mason. I love you as well, Brother Mason. I'm blessed to know you. Brother Thomas asks, how do we get so blessed to witness the greatness of Josiah Jordan James and Joseph Milton III at the same time? Are those two people comparable in your opinion? No, because I think Josiah Jordan James has done a lot for Tennessee. He just hasn't exactly filled up the box score in terms of points. He did help us win an SEC championship. Yep. He did get us to a Sweet 16. Now, is he frustrating and inconsistent? Yeah. But to me, it's, it's really disgusting to compare him to Joe Milton, to put them in the same sentence. Josiah Jordan James's issue is that he was a five star. That's it. He's a victim of his. He's a victim of expectations. Although you could say Joe Milton's a victim of his expectations too. Now his expectations. Well, his expectations come from his size and his God given talent, or his God given attributes at least. Josiah's problem is usually like we only notice him when we lose. Yeah. Very rarely do, do we win, and we're like, oh, wow, look at that game by Josiah. He doesn't get credit for what he does when we win. But the moment we lose, we're like, man, this guy fucking sucks. How old are you again, five-star? Oh, my God, you're the worst five-star ever. But he won us an SEC championship. Got us to a sweet 16. Two sweet 16s. And I also will just say about Josiah, like he plays his he plays hard. He doesn't I don't know, run out of bounds. I've never seen him, you know, really celebrate a three point shot that gives us like a five point lead over like I don't know, Austin P or, you know, insert other small school from Tennessee. Does that Jordan James problem, it seems to me, is he might think too much. Yeah, yeah, I think that's completely fair. And, well, you know. What, what is understood doesn't need to be said. Yeah. When you're solving equations, Seth, you don't have to put the 1 in front of the X. You just put X. Everyone knows what you mean. <sighs> also, be careful. Brother Rhino asks, what SEC teams do you enjoy watching the most, least in basketball outside of Tennessee? I have watched one SEC basketball game outside of Tennessee. It was Auburn, Alabama. I watched all Auburn, Alabama. I watched uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, bits and pieces of it. I watched A and M, Kentucky. I gotta be honest. I don't like watching any of them. I, I, don't, I don't either. I don't particularly like watching college basketball that Tennessee is not related to. Like, I enjoyed the Alabama-Mississippi State game enough, or excuse me, the Auburn-Mississippi State game enough. I watched some of it. It was fine. But I would definitely not say I enjoyed it. So, there's like a 10-way tie for last, and then I guess I'll say I like watching Alabama because they play an NBA style, and I like watching Auburn because you never know what the the dumb fuck Katie Johnson's going to do. I like watching Arkansas because apparently all their players are gay. You're telling me to be careful. How great is that story? How great is that story, man? Uh, uh, Arkansas might be number one on the list now behind Tennessee. I want to see the the on-court drama play out. Well, I mean, they, they left the team. Not all of them. Just one person left the team, right? No, I thought I thought a second I thought Brazil did, too. Oh, okay. Was he not the guard that quit last week? Was that a different guy? 
Well, Devo Davis okay, stepped yeah, he, away. Okay, he quit. So he, he wasn't involved in the love triangle? Yes, he was. Oh, okay, so then a second player in the love triangle stepped away. It's really funny if they're just completely making this up and the timelines work and it just it makes sense. Trayvon we're all going to run with it. Is supposedly injured. Um, the streets are caught on the gazer black, back, Seth. Yeah. The streets uh, are he, caught on the gazer away, back. But he's, he's, he's stepping away. You know what has triggered me to. I opened up this Sports Illustrated article and I got hit with the ad blocker thing. Please don't block our ads. And the picture that they have to show that you're blocking their ads is Terrence Cody blocking Daniel Lincoln's field goal. Goodness. Is it because you're in Alabama, probably? It might be because I'm in Alabama. They probably assume you're an Alabama fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I did want to talk about the Arkansas story. So, Devontae Davis, who is like their version of Josiah Jordan James, except he's not, except he's been a little more consistent, I would say. He started all four years. I mean, he loves playing for Arkansas. Just up and steps away from the team. He's from Arkansas. It's bad vibes for Musselman. Yeah, Musselman's out of there. That that seems Thank like goodness. a a lock that he will be out of there. That I'll miss looking at his wife. Skylar on the Discord says broke Razorback Mountain. I, I would say in this case we'll just go with Razorback Mountain. I think everyone understands. Broke Razorback seems too long. Seth, do you agree or no? Yeah, I agree. It's too long. Yeah, Razorback Mountain works good enough in this situation. Just my opinion. They suck. Pause. They're bad. I mean, they're, they're bad they're, they're at basketball. Bad. So I was just wondering why this guy transferred from Houston, and so apparently he transferred because of his. <laughs> Again, I don't know if any of this is true, but the the rumors are that basically he was kicked out of Houston's t- locker room. The, the the players didn't want to play with him. Which, again, don't know if any of this is true, but it's just funny how all the dots connect. Because he started, like, he started all 37 games for Houston. So now yeah, Arkansas is my number one team I want to watch in the SEC. There's your I answer, Ron. it's Rhino. fair to say it's not very tolerable of – of the Cougs or, or the Razorbacks, if true. It is 2024. But, you know. I find it amazing. <laughs> Imagine being a fan of Arkansas basketball. It's all they have. I guess they have Arkansas baseball. But it's not like Dave Van Horn's ever going to win a national title, so they don't have that, really. They have like a the, – the football program is completely dead. They need to join the Big 12. That's what Arkansas needs to do. They need to join the Big 12. They need to say, the money can go to hell. We want to win some football games. And we're going to join the old Southwest Conference. Except it would be better for them now because Texas and Oklahoma ain't in it. I guess Oklahoma's in the Big 8. I don't know. It just makes more sense for Arkansas to be over there. The football program's dead. Basketball is... In the head, in the headlines for the wrong reasons this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently the basketball team is going through it. Um, well, it's undisputed they're going through it because they suck. Yeah. yeah. And Musselman is probably going to leave. Like whether or not they are booty goons inside of the locker room, that's a different story. But just imagine, like your Arkansas basketball 
you finally get this elite coach who every, no matter what you say about Musselman, he's extremely annoying. But when it comes to the NCAA tournament, he is nails. And you're going to lose him in part because your team is nailing each other, maybe. Is, is nailing each other. They could not stop. According to message board rumors. Yeah, this is all purported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not breaking any news here. We have not been inside that locker room. This has been my favorite story. Just imagine, like, what is being posted on the Arkansas on three board right now. <laughs> or their private Discord. Yeah, their private Discord. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. Lots of rainbow flag emojis getting posted as reacts. I think it, it's fair to say. If the team was good. It'd be a different story, but they're bad. So the relationship the problems. Good, this would this would be another Michael Sam moment. Look, two of the two of the women in the you know NBA, WNBA finals were married to each other. If the relationship is healthy, it can galvanize a team. The problem is if the relationship ain't, ain't healthy, it tears everybody apart. I think those ladies made the WNBA finals, I think. It's true. It's a good point. It'd be the next Michael Sam moment if they were winning. Missouri's gotta be happy that they are they're now off the hook in that robbery. <laughs> they're off the hook in that robbery. Any other questions? No. Okay, well, I love you. I love you. Let's be Kentucky. <laughs> Not like they love each other in Arkansas, but I, I do love you. Booty goons, man. <laughs> uh, uh, let's beat Kentucky. I'll talk to you next week. If you're listening to this and you like me and Cody, go subscribe to the world's greatest podcast in America, wherever you get your podcast. We're doing another episode tomorrow, so I'm, a, I'm an overworked man. I'm an overworked man, so listen to the content. Seth, I love you. I'll talk to you later. All right. Love you too, buddy. Bye-bye. I'm a $10 cowboy. Maybe that's a fact. I got some inhibitions. They might be holding me back I've been seeing this portrait Attached to a small fee For a ten dollar cowboy Who looks a lot like me If you're a ten dollar cowboy then you already know That there never was a rider Who couldn't be thrown Even Billy McClain Fell off a time or two He was a ten dollar cowboy Who looked a lot like you I'm a ten dollar cowboy I play a little guitar People always ask me If I'm a rodeo star 
Doubt if I got eight seconds But I can sing you a song Like a big bull rider I'm steady holding on Look out. 